for the love of goats. We are talking about everything goat. Whether you're a goat owner, a breeder, or just a fan of these wonderful creatures, we've got you covered. And now, here is Deborah Neiman. Today's episode is brought to you by Goats 365, my membership program for people who are living with, learning about, and loving goats 365 days a year. Basic members get access to six courses covering housing, fencing, parasites, nutrition, and health, as well as things like composting goat manure and the basics of starting a goat-based business. Premium members also have the opportunity to attend live online meetings via Zoom to talk about goats every month. Visit goats365.com to learn more. Hello, everyone, and welcome to today's episode. Today, we are venturing more into different breeds of goats. And in fact, this is not just a breed, but it's a whole subsection of breeds, and that is miniature dairy goats. And we are joined today by Dee Daniels, who is the current president of the Miniature Dairy Goat Association, and she's also the Milk Committee chairperson. Welcome to the show, Dee. Thank you, Deborah. It's a pleasure to be here. It's so much fun to have you. And especially knowing that you're the milk committee chairperson, because we were on milk test for eight years and I just love all the kind of data that you can get from milk testing. So I think we're going to have a really fun conversation. So before we dive too far into all the specifics, can you just tell us like, what is a miniature dairy goat? A miniature dairy goat is a cross between a Nigerian dwarf and one of your standard dairy goat breeds. So we could have mini Nubian, mini La Mancha, mini Sonnen, mini Toggenberg, mini Alpine, and mini Guernsey. Basically, any of the dairy goat breeds that are registered with ADGA can be crossed with a Nigerian buck to make a miniature version of that standard breed. That's correct. And so why would people want to do that instead of just getting one of the standard breeds or maybe just going with Nigerians? Probably the number one reason is because they're more of a mid-sized goat. I hear a lot of people that say they like the minis because they're easier to handle. They have a better hybrid vigor. You know, when you get that cross, they're easier to manage on smaller acreage. They have the advantage of having the high butter fat of the Nigerian and the production of the standard you know, with maybe a little bit of reduction, but it's just a good cross and a lot of people like them. So a lot of people wonder, like, what is the difference then between a mini Nubian and a kinder goat, which also uses a Nubian as one of the parents? I'm not as familiar with the kinders, except I know that they're crossed with a pygmy, which is considered a meat breed. So for our breeds, we are strictly dairy. We do not recognize any breed that is a meat breed in the Miniature Dairy Goat Association. And one of the things that I think is really important for people to know is that this is not just necessarily a crossbreed goat that you picked up at the sale barn and you're like, well, it kind of looks like this breed, but it's a little smaller. And I know you said that you have a lot of different levels of registration, but can you just kind of give an overview of the different registration options with the Miniature Dairy Goat Association? Well, let's talk about the most common. The most common cross is your first generation of a standard dairy goat cross with a Nigerian. 
So you have what we call the first generation is a 50-50, half Nigerian, half standard. And then you can take that F1 and breed it back to either another standard, whether it would be the full-size standard or the Nigerian, or you can breed them back to another F1. And that would create an F2 generation, a second generation. So you always go up one generation higher than the lowest generation of animal that you're breeding. And we always consider the standard breeds as an F0. That's a zero generation. And so the first three generations then away from those standard breeds and the Nigerians are the experimental levels. F1, F2, and F3 are experimentals. Your F1 and your F2s are considered experimental. An F3 can be an experimental if it doesn't meet the criteria of the breed standards to be considered American. So your F1 and your F2 are typically in the experimental herd book. And then your F3, your F4, and your F5 would be considered American in the American herd book if they meet all the breed standard requirements for their breed. And then F6 and above, again, if they meet the purebred standards, they would be considered in the purebred herd book. So when you talk about purebred standards, you're talking about like the La Mancha ears, the Nubian ears, the fact that Sonnens are all white and Toggenbergs and Oberhosleys have those specific colors. It's usually, you know, the ears, specifically the ears for the ear breeds. Height is a big thing. You know, you have to meet your height and your ears, your level of generation. And for the Miniature Dairy Goat Association, we still have a percentage-based registry too. So we have to make sure that either breed is not more than 70% of the standard breed. Okay. So how does color play into the breed standards and getting recognized as a purebred? Well, in order to be considered a purebred, the certain breeds have their color standards, but then they also have, you know, their height standards and they also have to meet breed character. So for the color breeds, that color is part of their breed character. Okay. What kind of milk production can people expect to get from miniature dairy goats? Now you're on my favorite topic because we are raising dairy goats. We want to talk about milk, right? Yep. I've been very fortunate to be part of the the milk committee for the last several years. Not only have I been a participant since uh, 2014, but now I'm on the other end and getting to see the records and help people get started with milk testing. I just did a very small analysis for one of our girls regarding one particular breed. And I'm not going to say what breed it is because I don't want to ruin it for her. But over 79 lactations for this one particular breed, the average was 1,256 pounds of an average of 242 days. So when you look at an average dose lactation, you know, we always want to say 305 days, but that's just a number. You know, some does are milked longer and extended. Some does are milked shorter. So on an average of 242 days, a mini dairy goat can produce anywhere from 1,256 pounds up to, we have some that actually go over 2,000. So 
it just depends a lot on the genetics and we haven't delved down into a lot of the specifics as far as, you know, whether we, you know, take the generations into factor or the heights into factor, but we're gathering data. And I, I hope that that's one of the things that we can do in the future, the more data that we get. But the milk records are really exciting to see. There's a lot of data in there to pull out. You, you yourself know if you were on milk test. Yeah, it is. It is fascinating. And it's wonderful to know that people who are raising these goats are on milk test. So since these all go back to 50% Nigerians, which have famously high butter fat, how does that filter down into the mini's butter fat? Well, I don't have any standards to compare it to, but our average butter fat is anywhere from five to 6% on the minis. And then we have some that are eight and 9%. We have a top 10 list that we put out every year that you can find on our website and our newsletter. And it's really fascinating to see some of the numbers on that top 10 list. That's wonderful that people have that available to them to be able to look at that. And also when somebody's on milk test, I imagine they would probably have those results on their own website too, if people are like searching for goats to buy. Uh, Some do. I don't know that a lot of the people that are participating have published their results yet. I don't go out there and look at that. I do know that the CDCB has just recently, like January, recognizing our breed code as MN for miniature. And going forward, if you have your miniature dairy goat on milk test and you use that breed code, you'll be able to see it. It'll be public, just like for our standard dairy goats that are on milk test. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Some labs actually were using the breed code a couple of years ago, but we just got notification in January that DRMS, which is one of the major reporting facilities, has got it where the programming is recognizing the MN code. That's awesome. Let's talk a little bit about some of the individual breeds and standards. Earlier before we started recording, you mentioned that the two breeds that are most on milk test are the mini Nubians and the mini La Manchas, right? That's correct. And those are the two ear breeds, the La Manchas, which most people look at them and say, what happened to their ears? Because it looks like they have none. And the Nubians with the long floppy ears that always remind me of a cute little girl with a bob haircut. (laughs) (laughs) So can you talk a little bit about like if you're starting with a Nigerian buck and a doe that is either a La Mancha or a Nubian, talk a little bit about how you get those ears to come through in later generations? Well, since I breed the mini La Manchas, I have a lot more experience uh, with their ears and they seem to be a lot easier to get to that breed standard than the Nubians. If you have a gopher ear and you breed it to a gopher ear, you're going to get a gopher ear kid. If you're starting with a Nigerian, you have upright ear and you breed it to a gopher ear, you're going to get 100% elf ear every time. And If you breed an elf ear to an elf ear, you could get any kind of ear. Upright, elf, gopher. There's a a great resource. It's called Ear Math. Uh, You can find it on several people's websites that breed the La Manches or mini La Manches. And it's a pundit square. So you, you can see really easily 
you know, if you've got a true elf ear and a true gopher ear, you can see, you know, the results of that, you know, in your pundit square. And we call it ear math. Not very experienced with the mini Nubian. But I know that there's a, always a lot of controversy over the difference between an airplane and, and a drop and a three-quarter drop. And it can get kind of complicated. But the ones that have that real nice dropped with no lift that just kind of hang and they're just gorgeous, beautiful, silky looking long ears. I mean, everybody falls in love with those. But I don't think that it's as easy to get as a La Mancha ear. Yeah, that's what I remember. I was raising mini manchas back in the early 2000s. And I remember reading about the Nubian ears and thinking, wow, that sounds really challenging. Like you said, it's very mathematical with the La Mancha ears in terms of, you know, if you breed this ear to this ear, you're, you know, these are the chances of the other ears. But with the Nubians, it just seems a matter of like, just keep going until you've got the ears dropping. <laughs> and it's yeah. not necessarily going to be like two generations or four generations. It seems more random. Yeah, I, I agree. We've got a good resource on the miniaturedairygoat.net website. And the one everybody's looking for is called Pendulous. You know, they're just hanging straight alongside the face. The ones that are three quarter or a drop not as flat to the face, you know, not as nicely dropping, but they're still just as cute as any of the others. Could you tell us a little bit about the Miniature Dairy Goat Association? I know it's been around longer than any of the other associations that register mini dairy goats, because you're the one I used back when I was raising mini La Manches in the early 2000s. Oh, sure. The Miniature Dairy Goat Association was formed in 1996. And it was a private organization at that time. In 2014, they incorporated and became a nonprofit. It's a board-run organization. Do you want to mention how many goats you register in a year or how many goats you have registered? Yeah, so like right, we have over 17,000 mini Nubians that have been registered with us, which I think that's a great number. Oh, yeah, it is. So let's say, for example, you were talking about the popularity of the breeds. Mm -hmm. What many breeds are people breeding? And just as an example of the diversity in these numbers, we have registered over 17,000 mini Nubians. And the second breed, even close to that, we have only registered about 6,500. And that's the mini Lamanches. So you can tell that the mini Nubians have absolutely taken over the world. I mean, they have shown out from a breed standpoint. Everybody loves them. So on a yearly application level, I don't have the breed specifics for how many mini Nubians or how many mini La Manchas we registered last year, but I do have the number of applications that we brought in last year. Just from 2022, About 4,000 animals were registered with the Miniature Dairy Goat Association last year, just on applications. That's not even counting the transfers that were processed. Wow, that's awesome. It sounds like they really are getting very popular. And it totally makes sense for all the reasons that you've mentioned already about, Mm -hmm. you know, why people find them attractive. Is there anything else that people should know about Miniature Dairy Goats that we haven't already talked about? Well, they're kind of like potato chips. (laughs) Isn't that what people say? You can't have just one. Right. 
Um, it, it's a great hobby. You know, some people do it as a business and that's okay, but it's a great hobby. It's a great stress reliever for me, myself. I work in a corporate field and that's my relaxation time, spending time with the goats and meeting new people at shows and doing functions and education. I love to do education, you know, for people that have never seen a goat. You'd be surprised at how many people have never even seen a goat in person. I had a little boy call my goat a camel. Oh, no. Because it didn't have any ears. He's like, look, mom, it's a camel. And it just breaks your heart, you know, to know that there's actually people out there that have never seen a goat in person. And for kids, miniature dairy goats, whether they're true miniature in Nigerian form or they're mid-size in miniature dairy goat form. They're perfect for kids. They're the perfect size. And a lot of people love them for their kids to show in 4-H. I mean, they're just good to have all the way around. That's awesome. This has been so much fun today talking about this. I know I really loved having my mini La Manchas and it was really hard to stop breeding them. But after my daughters grew up and left home, I realized I needed to focus on just one breed And even that, I have too many goats. So (laughs) unfortunately, the minis had to go mostly because like I told you before we started, I kept losing the ear lottery because I was trying to just keep going with my goats and my F2s. And I just kept getting Nigerian ears, which are definitely not going to meet that many La Mancha standards. (laughs) Yeah, it's hard to go up into the American herd book. I don't think you can get to American with upright ears. Yeah, exactly. Well, thank you. It has been so much fun chatting with you today. And um, I think a lot of people will find this really interesting. Thank you, Deborah. I appreciate the opportunity for the mini breeders and for the Miniature Dairy Goat Association. Uh, Many thanks for inviting us onto your podcast. And that's it for today's show. If you haven't already done so, be sure to hit the subscribe button so that you don't miss any episodes. To see show notes, you can always visit ForTheLoveOfGoats.com. And you can follow us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash LoveGoatsPodcast. See you again next time. Bye for now.